Welcome everyone to the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob. You can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And with me, I got some guests like usual. Uh, to start off, I got Miami Sports Junkie. Say what's up, Junkie. Heat Nation. And then to follow him, I got Miami Clutch PE. Say what's up, Clutch. What's going on, guys? Miami Clutch PE on Twitter. Should be a fun one, right? <laughs> and then also new to the pod, we got our new female correspondent, Angelina. Say what's up, Angelina. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going, guys? And then a brand new guest to the show, someone very special. You guys can catch him on 790 The Ticket. He's on his own show show called uh, Tobin and Leroy. Say what's up to Brendan Tobin. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me today. Really appreciate it. So without further ado, let's get started. So before we go into tonight's game, you know, I said that we would talk about both Raptors games. So let's start it on a happy note by talking about what we saw a couple nights ago when the Heat beat the Raptors in their first game in Tampa. So what's your thoughts about the game? Uh, I'll go. The first game seems like so long ago. Like It really does, honestly. It, it really seems like so long ago, but there were good things. You saw Duncan, you know, going four for four. Should have been five for five, but the, he stepped out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Then he kind of went away. But other than that, it was a it was a good game. Like it's something to feel good about. Uh, Drogic showed up, and Bam Bam and Drogic showed up when it mattered in the third and fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, it's it's like way too like it feels like it's way too it's been way too long since that game. But there there were good things to take away from it. Um, we're finally seeing, and I'll get in more into that when we talk about today's game. We're finally seeing uh, that Gabe Vincent probably isn't a long-term answer for, even when we have our guys out there, it probably has to be something else we can we can look at. But yeah, that, that's the thoughts I have about uh, the the first game, at least. Yeah, yeah but- me me as well. Um, I I would have to say that Toronto game. I considered it probably to be one of the best wins of the season because although Toronto has a poor record like Miami, uh, you know, they, they are a competitive team and they were at full strength. Um, I think the one, you know, thing that I've taken away from these Aussie three games is exciting is Kendrick Nunn, you know, finally putting up runner-up rookie of the year, stolen by Jay Morant. Uh but I think that's exciting and Bam being aggressive. But uh, I think overall, we could uh, hopefully keep up with this. Toby, you got anything you want to say? No, I agree with the nun part. I think that he's definitely been the shining light uh, with all the injuries. Seeing him get back to some normalcy has been really, really awesome uh, from the first game. So, you know, he definitely was the, the biggest bright spot, probably one of the biggest bright spots of tonight's stinker. Um, as far as the, you know, other bright spots, I, I really love what we're seeing from Bam. I, I like the takeover mentality. I was disappointed we didn't see it more in the second game. I'm sure we'll get into, um, because that's, you know, that's unfortunately what's kind of fold on to him with this unfortunate season with, uh, you know, the injuries and, and the COVID stuff is that, you know, you are going to look to the guy who who signed the big contract to, to hold, hold a lot of more responsibility. And that's going to come, you know, with some ebbs and flows because he is 23 years old still. He is, you know, learning what it is to be a superstar in the league and, and hold that kind of status and know what the team needs from you. And, you know, I think he's also kind of a natural deferrer too because he likes to get a lot of people involved. But it was good to see some takeover from him in that fourth quarter. Um, and I thought they needed a little bit more of that to, to close out the Toronto series. All right. So now that we've addressed that, while it was a good game, let's now talk about what we saw last night. I mean, tonight. So how are we feeling about tonight's game after watching all that? I feel really frustrated, honestly. Like, I tweeted about this earlier. I was saying watching the Miami Heat get robbed on their threes is like playing the claw machine at the arcade, which is really true because 
um, sometimes, what's his face? Kendrick Nunn, like that one three, it basically like went in and then bounced back out. I'm pretty sure everyone watching was just like, oh, like that one of those uh moments, like you really wanted him to make that because that would have had like a huge infer- impact on the game. But um, besides that, Kendrick Nunn came out. He had 22 points, which was almost similar to last game against Toronto. And um, yeah, I'm still mad at Spo for not putting Akpala in rather than um, Max Drew and Gabe Vincent. But hopefully next game we can show out and prove what this team's all about, really. That, that's got to be a confidence issue, right, with Akpala? Like, like I would say so. On. He's really underrated. Like in preseason, he popped off, but I know that's preseason and not postseason. But something has to be going on in practice, or maybe it's the fact that Akpala, whenever you see him play, he's it's always either he's going to make a corner three or he's not going to score at all. He's such he's an underrated be- player, in my opinion. He needs a lot more recognition than what he already gets. Um, he he definitely deserves a lot more playing time. I think. Um. I- I could see the coaching staff for for the Heat uh, being kind of like Hesitant. frustrated with Akpala. Mm-hmm. No, they could be frustrated because they probably expect a lot more than just him sitting in a corner shooting threes mm-hmm. offensively because he's he's supposed to be baby Giannis, this athletic freak. And we really haven't seen that. Only in garbage time is when he somehow gets aggressive inside. But the Heat's it's always corner corner threes, corner threes, corner threes, and when it doesn't fall, you don't have any offense from them. So maybe that's it. I don't know. I'm just guessing. The Heat's offensive coordinator should be more frustrated with Kelly Olynyk's inconsistent points. Like, he'll... he'll um, What's the word for it? He'll pop 21 game and then, like, barely show up the next game. It gets just inconsistent and it gets on my nerves, honestly. But... I mean, that's, yeah. his entire, that, that's his entire <laughs> heat career. He's going to be uh, – like when everybody was excited about the first two Kelly games of him starting, I'm like, there's for sure there's going to be a game in like two months he's not even going to see the floor because that's been his entire four-year status with the Heat. Like he'll have games where he looks like, you know, one of the best role players in the league and then he'll just – I mean, Spo will just completely back off of him. It's, it's, it's just been a thing since he's been down in Miami. I'm pretty sure Kelly Olenek pisses off every Heat fan because he has his moments where he'll make a wide open three and then he has his moments where he can barely make a layup. I mean, the man's 6'11 and it gets on my nerves because like how did like in this game, he got blocked. He's 6'11 and he went to um, I'm pretty sure it was a field goal. I don't remember, but he got blocked. I was just like, man, I was I think I think the thing with Olenek is, you know, I, I just feel like when he tries to do too much. And like handle the ball, and it's mm-hmm. just, it's so messy. Like, he tries to show out too much, and then he gets yeah. caught up in himself, and then he ends Every up time messing I up. See him drive in, like my teeth cringe because I'm like, yeah. oh my god, what is he gonna do? <laughs> you know? And then he shoots. It's exactly what Tobin said. You know, he shoots like one game where he looks like you know prime Kevin Garnett, and then he has like ten games where he can't even make. You know, a golf ball in the ocean. You know, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. So. That's Kelly Bird for you, Kelly son of Bird. son of Larry. <laughs> but um, I try to tell everybody. I tried. I was on Twitter all the time. Everybody was so happy. They were like, "Oh, Linux are long term solution at the four. We finally found the the equation. We finally solved it." And I, bro, his I, contract I, expires this season. It's not like it, we'll have it, him next season anyway. Right. But I mean, the long term solution for this season. But, like, uh, I was like, just wait. He's going to fall off a cliff. It's going to be terrible. And it's and the thing that frustrates me more about Kelly, we can be down by six and starting to make a run, and then he gets a little pass, and then he just chucks up a three, basically gives up, the, gives up the entire possession, and then the other team goes up to the other side of the court and just nails a three. Boom. Down by nine now. Yeah. Another but thing look, about Olenek know, that annoys me, he he always gets fouled. He always draws fouls, and it's just annoying because, like, it's not that hard it, to keep your hands only, to yourself. That's his only good thing on defense, you know? Like, he charge, he gets those charges, but, you know, that whole discussion went on. I think it was, like, a two-game stretch that he played well at the four, and I was just like, okay, I mean, Tyler and Duncan are already defensive liabilities. There's no way you're going to have – three in your starting lineup like that was not gonna last so I always knew that was a pipe dream that I 
really had no chance of living. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Definitely. I'm scared whenever I see Kelly with the ball for an extended period of time because he has the coordination and the balance of like a, a newborn baby deer. Newborn <laughs> baby. So, I I don't like it at all. I I think we have already spent way too much talking about Kelly Olynyk. That was a lot of Kelly Olynyk. Okay, that that's one. I I want to get on to Kendrick now with his twenty two points, four rebounds, and five assists. He's been popping off the last couple of games. Honestly, he doesn't. It's not that he doesn't get enough playing time. It's just like I mean, it's that, and it's that people underestimate him. I think because he like last season he was nominated for Game of the Year, which was mobbed by Joe Morant, but. What do you guys think of Kendrick Nunn this season? I, 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 I owe him an apology. Yeah, I think we I, all owe Kendrick Nunn I'm, an apology. At the I'm, the, I'm the number one. Bashing Kendrick yeah. Nunn. Like, yo. like <laughs> I was hey, the number hey. one Kendrick Nunn hater. So um, I, I want to think I, I had a part in this by bullying him into playing good like they did over <laughs> in uh, in L.A. with, uh, with KCP. Um, but... Yeah, I owe him an apology. I've been dragging him through the mud ever since the <laughs> bubble. So, I'm sorry. That's all I got to say. He played I'm really sorry. well. Um, I, I, that's all I got to say, man, about Kendrick All Knight. I got to say is uh, the Monstars finally gave him his powers back. That's pretty much where I'm at. I can't be the only one that thinks Kendrick Nunn looks so confused every time he's running down the court. He always has that look on his face like he just doesn't know what to do. Like he's so awkward and clueless in this situation. It's almost funny. I don't know. That's just his facial expressions. Like I know, of course, he knows what he's doing, but it's just like that look he has on his face. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But maybe it was, maybe it was COVID. I mean, you know, he got COVID, I think, before the bubble. And then, you know, he kind of like lost his his mojo after that and then you know maybe now he's getting it back they call it the rookie wall you know he might have hit the rookie wall mm-hmm. so i don't think you could be so i mean i wouldn't say elite is a crazy word to use with kendrick nunn in the same sentence but mm-hmm. his shooting was extremely impressive it has you been know, these the past couple games honestly it has and i just don't think you go from that to like what he did without something seriously being wrong psychologically. It's like in, in baseball, they say you got to keep swinging until you hit, you know? I think the thing that's been awesome about him, too, the last uh, couple of games is, you know, he has – everybody knew that he could score the rock and that he could do the, you know, fill it up. But we've seen him, you know, find open guys, set up lobs, you know, really make some smart basketball plays. And then, like, the hustle plays, you know, when he had that turnover – and then ran and forced the jump ball. Today he was tenacious, getting a bunch of steals. Like I think that shows a lot of growth with Kendrick too, because you know you feel like with a guy who's that good of a scorer, especially you know a guy who would be a volume scorer like him, that he's always going to find that, even if it goes away for a little bit. How Deion Waiters can look like, you know, an all world beater with because he's you know he's very talented score, scoring the basketball, but it's the other stuff. And I think the great thing about Kendrick is he's shown in this time off that. He feels like his game has grown mentally. Like he's got, he's 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 learned his teammates. He's learned the system even a lot better, which is really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Any other players we want to give creds or kudos to? I mean, before we move on with that, I mean, today I think was one of the first times, probably the first time this season, where uh, Kendrick Nunn came to the court and I wasn't scared, you know. <laughs> Because whenever he comes on the floor, whenever he had the ball in his hands this season, I always got a little bit nervous. You know, it's always when he got rid of the ball, like he passed it to someone else or whatever, that, you know, I just started to have that relief. But tonight, I was more comfortable seeing him come onto the floor and have the Right, it's a feeling of, oh boy, here we go again, that we always had when Kendrick (laughs) is after the bubble, whenever he stepped on the court. Now it's kind of disappeared because you're kind of seeing Kendrick from last season, from his rookie of the year campaign that he obviously didn't end up winning. But um, but Kendrick has been playing really well. And like Tobin said, he has improved other stuff to his game that he did not do last year. He did mm-hmm. not play that kind of defense. He did not shoot the gap on, on trying to get steals like that. He didn't set up his guys on. He was a scorer. He was a, that's all he was. He was just a scorer. And these last few games, he's been showing that he's much more than just a scorer. 
I mean, and I was also doing some research. Like last year, I think at the beginning of the year, he had like a really good run where he was averaging like over 20 points a game. And we had a really good record during that. And, you know, with the exception of tonight, you know, we had won our last two games where he had been playing well. So I think having him like as that, you know, off the bench guy to put up, you know, 18, 20 points a game. If he could get back to that role, that will, you know, once Jimmy and Bradley gets back, I think it's going to help us a lot. Mm -hmm. Hopefully Tyler will get back soon too. Uh, the other day, I think they said he was practicing and he was questionable for these last couple games, but I hope he really right. comes out tomorrow. But then, no, they, they sent him back to Miami. He's not going to play the next two games. Oh, damn. Mm -hmm. Wait, so he's not that playing really, tomorrow? That was really weird. Like, no, he was practicing and then ruled out three games. That's he must have aggravated it. Um, the coaching practicing. staff really said, hey, um, we don't think you're going to be ready these next two, two games. Just go ahead, go back to Miami, rehab, and then we'll see you when we get back down there. That's that's probably what happened. That's reasonable. That's fair. So what do you guys think about uh, the hypothetical? This one's for everybody. If uh, – if we lose these next two games and we fall to six and ten, what's the what's the worry thermometer for you guys? I'm not too worried right now because we have so many more games left in our season. So we have plenty of time to bounce back back and I get that we don't have all our players right now due to health and safety, injury, etc. So once we get back in that rhythm of like last season and how we played last season especially in the bubble then I feel like we'll be good from there we just have to get like our groove back and stuff so I'm not too worried for now but if this continues then I'll start to get a little more like worried yeah I, I mean my worry is that uh, is is low even if even if things go pretty bad these next couple games which I don't think I don't think they will I think the Heat have shown themselves like kind of an on one off one more so than a team that's really really struggling right now even you know with all their guys out and you know I'm obviously curious to see what Brooklyn's going to look like with uh with their little super team that they formed together mm -hmm. and I'm sure that's going to have a lot of drama for Heat fans because it, you know there were you know very there were a lot of people on board who wanted James Harden there were ones that didn't so I'm sure this game will have a lot of uh Heat fans upset if they do go and, and they get bl uh, blown out but you know, they, I just don't know how you can get a great gauge on the team until Jimmy Butler plays five straight games. Like, it hasn't happened yet. And I mean, if Cleveland's able to beat them twice in a row. Well, so far, like, they're beating them again. So, I mean, if Cleveland can do it, then, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, possible. The East is, is very clunky this year. And I think we saw last year that he can, you know, aside from Brooklyn, we know they can hang with any other team in the East um, in a series. So I'm not I, my my worry level won't be high. My frustration level will be very high. But I think those are you know the two different <laughs> yeah. things. And by the way, did beat them one twenty five one thirteen. Yeah, I just saw. So I think their defense, you know, as people estimated, is probably not going to be too good. The only interior defense that Brooklyn really has is DeAndre Jordan, and once he goes to the bench, there the pain is wide open. I don't see why somebody like Bam couldn't feast against Brooklyn. But it remains to be seen. Uh, Bam has to, like, realize he needs to have that aggressive switch, go like, put on. It's when he does not have Jimmy, he does not have Tyler. When his only reinforcements are Kendrick Nunn and Goran Dragic. So he needs to get himself going before he gets everybody else going first, in my opinion. Right. So with that being said, you know, as we do look forward into this, um, well, tomorrow's game, I mean, what's your expectations moving forward for Miami? I expect them to bounce back. Like, I know that they're eventually going to and that they're not going to stay this way for long because we have that reputation of bouncing back, like, especially like we're a second half team, as I like to say it. Like sometimes like in the game, like we won't be doing too, too good in the first half and then we'll come back. That was sort of like the Pistons game a couple of days ago when we were losing like 22 to nine with the first like couple minutes of the first quarter. I was like, geez, I, this hopefully this isn't a blowout. 
by the worst team in the league, you know, like I was starting to get concerned with that. But then eventually we bounced back and were able to beat them. So I was confident that we're going to be able to do good this season. Right. So, like, whether we lose or not in these next two games against Brooklyn, I just look forward to the fact that after the Brooklyn series, we're going to have a six-game homestand, I think. So being home is going to mm-hmm. really do good for a lot of the players. Hopefully we can have Jimmy back by then. Mm-hmm. Having Jimmy for six straight games at home probably gets the team going off on the right pace because this is not the the Miami Heat team that we're going to see for the rest of the season. Like Right now we're seeing a mix of the Sky Force and a few veterans. So... I'm not too. I'm not worried going forward. Um, I would really start getting worried if we get Jimmy back, if we get Bradley back, and we're still struggling like this. Mm-hmm. Is Jimmy out for tomorrow and Saturday? Yeah, he's, he's back yeah. in Miami. Oh, Isn't he? Doesn't he have to be out for two weeks? Did he catch COVID or is he just under protocols? Because I'm getting mixed responses. Yeah, they don't officially. They just call under health and safety. But I think the reason everybody thinks he probably got Corona virus is because he hasn't hasn't played for so long the other guys came back pretty quick we have to assume like it's all assumptions here that bradley and jimmy got the covid but there's really the only guys we know on the heat who had it are bam uh bam nunn and tyler everybody else we don't really know if Mm -hmm. they ever if they ever got it but those are the three guys that have gone on record to say they had it Right, and the NBA has this policy where they don't actually disclose who had it. They only, they only disclose who's been in the protocol. Mm-hmm. Right. The Wizards really messed us up with all that because after we played them, they came out and said that five people tested positive, which is after like after that, like Jimmy, Bradley, none, all of them went out and went into health and safety. So I feel like that really messed up our flow. So, right, something yeah, seems, to, something seems to be going on with the Wizards because every time they played somebody, the other team ended up with somebody with COVID or with contact tracing. So something happened there in Washington that they that obviously the team didn't handle correctly. And mm-hmm. the, the rest of the league is paying the price for it, including Philly, including us, Boston. What were- including Bradley Beal on that poverty franchise. Oh Jesus! Which team Hopefully. was it that canceled, like postponed three of their games? I can't. It's I can't. Uh, think I it. think that was was that Memphis. Oh yeah, the Timberwolves. I think it was the Timberwolves. No, the no. Grizzlies. Oh no, yeah, the, no. The I Grizzlies. thought was it the Timberwolves or no? I I remember seeing something with the Timberwolves, but it might have been something different. The Wizards haven't played in like a week and a half. I think. Yeah, all their games have been postponed. Who else? Um. Yeah, I think just the Wizards. But. Right. And real quick, I have a question for Tobin. How long do you think until the Godfather goes to save Beal from that hellhole? <laughs> I think they're waiting on – I think right now Washington really doesn't want to deal him. I think they're they're the ones who are holding off. And it's – it's you kind of need it to be a situation like James Harden where he, he says, hey, you got to come get me. And Washington doesn't want to deal him. You know, they went and they, they traded off John Wall. They brought in Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, there are, they're, they want, you, you don't have a guy who's as talented as him and you just say, ah, we give up on having him. But I think it will come to a time where Bradley Beal's been very public with his frustrations. He's super flirty with everybody on Twitter. Like he <laughs> like photoshops of himself and other jerseys, especially the heat. Uh, he <laughs> tweets about leaving all the time. Like, you know, so I think that if it does become the disaster we all think this is headed with with Washington, that'll probably come. He probably will want out of out of uh, out of DC, um, and then yeah, I mean, like it, I, I've you know the Heat have been super public about how much they're interested in him, and 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 I think vice versa. He said that you know when he signed uh, the extension, I think he told Barry Jackson, you know, I kept the Heat in high regard before I even considered signing the deal, which is. That's not something you hear very often from a guy who's never who hasn't been a free agent. So, I uh, I think that's what you just wait on. You're just waiting on when do they? When does Washington say okay, uh, we're ready to do this? When does Bradley Beal make the 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 statement? Hey, I'm ready to leave. Um, and that's that's what he's waiting. On. I think if you told I think if you told uh, Pat Riley today you could go trade for Bradley Beal, I wouldn't be surprised he's doing if he would do it. Um, I think they're just waiting on him, and I think they're waiting on D.C. 
Right. And then, you know, moving on with that topic, um, and, you know, anyone can answer this, but I think a report also came out that Miami wouldn't be interested in trading to Washington a package that consisted of Hero, Robinson, and Achua. So with this in mind, my question to you guys is, if you're on the phone with Washington and they say that a trade has to involve those three Joel got players, muted. do you do it? Uh, no, I hear Joel. Yeah, me too. So yeah, do you do it? Do you do the trade if you can get both? If you have to trade both uh, all three, Hero, Robinson, and Achua, would you? Do I try it to send Bradley everybody Hill? except Duncan Robinson. Yeah. Because Duncan Robinson does things that can't really be replicated. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can find other shooters in the league. You can find the Max Stresses, the all the other little shooters in the league. But I, I firmly do think that there, you're never going to see, or at least for a long time, you're not going to see another Duncan Robinson. The way he plays, the way he moves, the chemistry he already has with Bam Jimmy. So I would. Sh- that would be the piece that I would try to hold on to. I would be more willing to trade away Tyler Hero for Bradley Beal than Duncan Robbins. And with a in that trade, oh, sorry, do you want I think, to go? Oh, no, yeah, I just want to say, like, I think everyone is now comfortable with trading Hero for um, Robinson. For I mean, that's how it was with the um, Harden trade. I mean, I know everyone was comfortable with that, and that's the same case here. Right. Like, I saw some reports on uh, Five Reasons where they said the deal breaker really there would be Duncan Robinson. So that shows you how much the Heat hold him to to high standard, to high value, because you're not going to find another player like that. He's yeah. too valuable. To, he is the Heat offense. Like it, Basically. Nothing else works, and he does. And Nothing that else matters except Duncan Robinson. But, yeah, in that trade, I'd feel really confident trading Achua, knowing he's it's his rookie year. I mean, his rookie season. I mean, sorry. And he has a lot more to build on and grow, so I feel like he has a lot more to improve on. So by um him building himself on other teams and with the Miami Heat, it can really, like, help him in the future. But, yeah, Duncan Robinson, that's a no from me. I'd, I wouldn't even take a second thought to think about that but what was the question sorry i got on um the question was if you would be down to trade hero robinson and achua all in a thousand probably include picks <laughs> like that's not even a question i mean <laughs> like you trade the unknown for the guaranteed you know, asset. I mean, you know Bradley Beal. He's leading scoring in the NBA. He's 27 years old, 26. Um, all NBA if he wasn't on the Wizards. Uh, I think he's that piece that you throw into the heat next to Jimmy. You're still keeping, you know, Goron. You're still keeping Bam out of bio. That team definitely has a chance to make it back to the finals and Maybe even bring one of those banners to the AAA. Tobin, what do you oh, think? Oh, man, it pains me. It pains all of us. Do don't worry. Don't worry. It's <laughs> uh, a hard question to answer. Don't worry. I love Duncan Robinson. I, I, I feel in a way I discovered Duncan Robinson. Like I was making songs about him in the summer league. You put me on Duncan His Robinson. Story is you so put me cool. on Duncan Robinson. Yeah. So I I you know would do anything I could to keep him out of this trade. However, uh for Bradley Beal, um I think that he is enough of a game changer to this team, being the dynamic scorer, the way he just fits in seamlessly with basically anybody, um, the age that he's at. None of the uh, partying concerns that the, the people had with uh, with James Harden. It's not the age of James Harden. Uh, you know, even though he might not be as good as James Harden, like he is, he, but he's probably ju- he's is probably maybe just a, a hair below, but has none of the concerns and is way younger. Um, and you're seeing what these guys go for. You're seeing the deals. You don't have the draft capital that other franchises do. You know. You still owe some stuff. Yeah. You'd have to finagle that. So because of that, yeah, I think you have to. Uh, 
if you want the deal to be done. If you want Bradley Beal, that's what it takes. I don't, and I think that, you know, with the Anthony Davis deal, we saw he only wanted to go to one team. That team still had to give a, a whole crap load of stuff. Same thing happened with Brooklyn. He only wanted to go to one team, and he ended up going to that team. They had to give up a, a crap load of stuff. And I just, I don't know with the Heat not having that, the, the same amount of draft. Cause it, you got to remember, too. Everybody is going to want to go after Bradley Beal if he becomes available yeah. in the man's trade. Everybody. So yeah. you, he's the guy you're going to have to put all your chips to the table. And I think that, you know, if you think about the age Jimmy Butler's at, you think about too. Um, I love Tyler Hero, and I think I think he can be an All Star in the league. But he is still 21 years old, just turned 21, and we're seeing this year. There's still some ups and downs. There's growth that's going to happen. That's okay. Um, but you have to wonder, all right, what's the, what is the timeline to go win a championship? Do you have time with the age that Jimmy's at and the, t- and the age that Tyler's at that Tyler can be the guy who carry you uh, with Jimmy and be his wingman alongside Bam? Can he be that guy in two, three years while, while Jimmy's still in his prime? That's, that's the question that he'd have to answer themselves. And yeah, I think it sucks giving up Duncan Robinson. Um, because he's an amazing story. It's an amazing find, but it is almost like having to wipe away one of those graphics that you'd have to inevitably give away if they had that, which they don't. So, yeah, I think I had that. That's the guy I would make the move for uh, because, and also he's tremendous at shooting. He's tremendous at scoring everywhere. So that's the guy. Like if you told me it was James Harden, no, cause I have, I, I'm not a James Harden guy. I don't, the, you know, I got, I got, you know, I don't. I, I haven't rooted for him when uh, he wasn't on the Heat, so I didn't want to be a phony and root for him on the Heat. Um, but Bradley Beal's not that case. I mean, there was not a guy I was impressed with watching live more last year than Bradley Beal, and uh, this would be the guy I would do it for. He, he was the guy I would push all the chips to the table for. Don't tell Duncan Robinson that. <laughs> right, 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 right. And, yeah, right. and I think I think even to like add like what Tobin was saying. You know, you look at you know the last couple. Of, you know, I guess all NBA type players have been moved. You know, a lot of Heat fans were upset that Harden ended up going to Brooklyn, including myself. But they got four first round picks. OK, and not only four first round picks, I think two of the picks are in the next three years. Like essentially Miami right now, if they were able to unprotect the pick, which they think that's pretty simple, would only have 2025 and 2027 to offer you know, Washington in the case of a proposed trade. So right. that's it's, why it's like, a pick that doesn't happen for another four years. Exactly. And then, you know, you look at, you know, the other guys like Paul George, I think they got four picks. OKC for him. You know, you look at uh, even Drew Holiday picked up three first round picks. So, you know, he fans like I know that obviously I'm a huge Duncan Robinson fan. I think what he has done coming undrafted and everything is, is a great story. Story's and, incredible. Uh, but Tyler Hero is also, to me, he's my rookie. He's been my favorite rookie that we've had since Bam and Wade. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, it's Bradley Beal, you know? Like, you don't say no to that. And if Duncan Robinson is a chip or precious, you put them all in. My opinion. Right. Listen, but all the, and all of those chips you put on the table, including the picks, and be especially because of the picks, that might not even be enough. Like, let's be real. Exactly. It, you might also need a little help from Beal by putting the Heat on the very on the top of this very short list. At the very exactly. top, he has the Heat have to be number one, and you have to put all the chips on the table. So yeah, he's got to do a Jimmy Butler. So even if you throw everything on the right, even if you throw (laughs) anything on the table, everything it doesn't guarantee you Bradley Beal unless he has to be there. I mean, it doesn't hurt the fact that it looks like maybe his wife would like it too. I mean, I don't know if y'all see, but we were talking about earlier how. Beal has liked a couple heat tweets, but then you look at his wife. I mean, I remember, I think, when he didn't make the All-Star game or All-NBA, someone tweeted like, oh, he won't feel appreciated. He won't be as appreciated as much as he should until he makes that move. And it was the Photoshop of him, Bam and Jimmy all together. So, you know, I, w- I don't know if, you know, when you look at that, you know, obviously you want to consider it as trolling because you don't want to look too deep into it. 
But at the same time, it makes you think, like, they probably want to come to Miami. Like, you never know. Listen, Bradley Bill's wife is probably as big of a troll as Bradley Bill is. <laughs> I, don't tr- I don't trust that woman. <laughs> but, you know, like, what I always thought, too, is, like, I don't know if I overvalue because he's hero, but he's, like, a good guy. I, and I always thought that in the Harden trade, too, that he's a good centerpiece of a trade, you know? Where you're like, okay, we're going to rebuild with Tyler Hero, you know. And I remember, I think it was uh, Henny on, on on Twitter was saying that, you know, Precious was highly regarded by the Wizards. Where he was like, check that out. Because, like, I think they were going to pick him for sure. Um, and, you know, those are kind of those things that you got to think about. That maybe Miami knows and we don't know. So... Right. All of this is just smoke until somebody demands a trade. Because, <laughs> like I said, you can't really go off Bradley Beal's liking tweets and and his wife getting involved. Because, like I said, <laughs> I do not trust that woman. She is a troll, just as big as he is. So, <laughs> it just has to be Beal saying, listen, I've done everything I can with you guys. It's time to move on. And that's what it's going to take to get something like that going. But until then, we're just going to, we're just speculating. Absolutely. Right. You know, and I feel because I know one problem for the fan base is like you know getting rid of those young assets. Like nobody wants to do it, but you got to do it to win a championship. Because you look at the Lakers. You know, they had a lot of potential on their team with. Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. But at the end of the day, they said, well, you know, I don't want to because, you know, obviously we're not trying to do all the cursing on the pod. So they said, screw those kids, screw them kids. And they said, "Okay, we're going to ship them to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. And look how it worked for them, because now they have Banner 17 hanging from the rafters. For The problem is a lot of these young guys on, on Twitter don't remember. Maybe Tobin does. You know how good Karan Butler was. Yep. When he was with Wade and you know, and, and Lamar Odom, you know, another great basketball player. And you know what? We put all those chips in and a year later, I think we put up the first banner in the triple A. So that's that's a Pat Riley I know. So I know if that became available for real, just like Clutch was saying, it has to actually happen. Then it would definitely. Other, I, I think Pat Riley will make them. The move. other thing that's the trickle down of that of being uh, the team that can pull this off is you have a guy like Bam Adebayo, and if he is a cornerstone of a championship franchise, I mean I've noticed this like you know over the last couple years. I'm sure you guys have too. Uh, being all big Heat fans, is this guy is literally friends with all of the next generation of stars and. Yeah. The thing that attracted the big three to Miami is Dwayne Wade was already a champion. So if 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 you make this move, not only do you look at it as, hey, we're going to get a ring now. We're going to try and really be contenders. We're going to try and do this stuff. I think what that also does is it builds credibility for you for when, you know, Donovan Mitchell does want to leave Utah if he ever wants to leave Utah. Or the next guy wants to leave, you know, it it, it, it it has a trickle-down effect of what your franchise is, especially if a guy like Bam becomes a champ at 23 years old, 24 years old. That carries a lot of weight for the rest of his career where guys are going to go play with him because he's a proven winner just like they did with Dwayne. I just want right. to point out when you said Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. bro, Shaq flamed him after his game. He was literally like – like basically, Donovan Mitchell's like, "Oh yeah, I scored 30, 36 points in our seven-game winning streak," and Shaq's just like, "Oh no, you suck. You're not gonna make it far." Like I was like, "Bro, he made it so awkward. It was funny." I saw that all of these uh, these TNT guys interviewing all the uh, all the stars this year has been hilarious. It's been very awkward. Christian Wood called him a uh, a casual. Him and uh, <laughs> Kevin Kevin Durant and Charles Barkley had a super awkward interview because I guess TNT's just like, "Yeah, no reporter this year." And it's made for some really weird TV. And it was funny, too, because um, Donovan Mitchell was just like, all right. Like, he didn't care. He wasn't phased by it. He was just like, all right, that's it. Right. Shaq, you can say Shaq is flaming these guys, but these guys are flaming Shaq right back, calling him, like, a casual, just 
basically disregarding him. So it goes both ways. I think it's because Shaq. I, I just, uh, yeah, I think Shaq like, doesn't want to come across as a phony. Like he doesn't want to be a guy who criticizes Donovan Mitchell and then you know interviews him and is all nice to him. But he does it like he's he does it. He handled it so poorly. Like his wording was just very aggressive, and then Donovan Mitchell did not like it. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You know, like you want to try to show tough love, but like it was kind of weird when you were watching it. Take you could tell it caught the was like, off guard. Okay, you could tell it just the dead, the dead air. Do you guys? Do you guys remember the beef between Barkley and, and Wade? Yeah. <laughs> I think the funniest he's beef right now is Eric Reed and Blake Griffin. That one game we played the Pistons, he was oh just fully out, bro. I was dying. Yeah, <laughs> and the sports tweeted, when is Blake, I mean, when is Eric Reed going to find out that Blake Griffin hasn't scored this game? I was gone. Did you uh, Did you hear that, that jab that he had at Stanley Johnson tonight? Stanley right. Johnson, About he, goes, he goes, oh, that was like an eclipse. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> So these guys, these, these commentators really are just funny, and they they, they don't care. You, karate just going at people. I remember last year. You remember when they said uh, Embiid was staring down Karate, and then Karate's like, "I'm not backing down either." <laughs> I know Karate's taking. But, but it, karate's it, taking a lot of stuff on heat Twitter. But that's my guy. He is. Uh, Blake has taken that uh, that Danny Granger drop. Yeah, Blake's just like you never really you always like joke around and be like, yeah, this player's washed, that player's washed, ha ha ha. But Blake is washed. Like this is that's a true definition of a washed player. Um, when when you have a two minute and twenty second highlight reel of a commentator flaming you during the entire game, you know there's a problem with you. You know what I was thinking about, guys? Like, right. when you look at, and that's why Dwight Wade will always be my GOAT favorite player of all time. I wish we could get him one more year. I don't know why. I know he's 39. But, uh, like, Wade really reinvented himself because if you look at Wade, you know, he was in early in his career, he was an explosive slasher in the Euro step, you know. And then he developed a jump shot. You know, that he wasn't a good shooter when he got in the league. And he and he just maintained still being an elite player by shooting the ball. And then you look at these guys like Westbrook and, and Blake Griffin and, you know, guys that are explosive. And they just don't, you know, they don't adapt their game. Yeah, they don't adapt to the age and obviously father time. So it's just hard to see, you know. You know, but and that's how it is. I know, but there's still a couple stars out there who, like, even though they're not the same player, like, I know some Heat fans have thought about, you know, oh, how would they be if they came to Miami? Like, I know one major example, and we talk about, we've talked about him a couple times on the pod, is, you know, someone like LaMarcus Aldridge, perhaps. And then I know some people flirt about the idea of maybe – this is kind of like a plan Z at this point. I know I think Chef Trilly brought this up on Twitter, you know, and that's maybe get DeMar DeRozan or players like them. Uh, Tobin, the question I have for you is, you know, when you look at some of the stars out there, and not really stars anymore, but kind of like your washed players now – which one do you think? Would you uh, if I had to, to go with on one team? of those two guys from the Spurs, I'd rather have uh, Demar, even though he doesn't shoot the three. I still think he uh, he can still fill it up. Uh, I think the Heat is still a team that can always use that. Uh, we see the offensive droughts that they have from time to time. Uh, the thing with the Lamarcus, I like Lamarcus Aldridge as a player, and always have the thing that um, concerns me about it is i kind of feel like bam's got that game now like if bam was just you know more in the post and kicking stuff out i could see it but he's we've seen the jump he's taken with that mid-range game that's kind of lamarcus aldridge's game like if he would you know become more of the the three-point threat um you know and he's shooting i'm looking at it right now he's shooting 25 percent from three he's taking a lot of games so he's trying something with them this year but it's not something he's ever really done. Like he's never really been comfortable. He's maybe trying to do it a little bit more. Um, 
So if they felt like they got him and say, hey, LaMarcus, no pressure, but we want you to just camp out there on the corner. Okay. Uh, I mean, you can hear him out, but I don't know, man. Like, to be honest with you, I'm like looking at it right now. And uh, this season, he's putting like a Bolinic numbers. Like, it's not, that's not, a, I, I don't, I really like, I don't know, you know, what you're, you're kind of just, you're going for name there more than anything. Uh, but DeMar, DeMar yeah. like, if you're telling me out of those two, I, I, I would go with DeMar. Um, you know, he's a, a Dwayne, Dwayne's given a little endorsement behind him too. Like it's his neighbor and stuff like that. So I think he, uh, I think, I think they dig that if they brought in DeMar Rosen, but, um, you know, neither one of them, uh, exactly, uh, ne- neither one of them actually, uh, you know, neither one of them screams like this makes you a contender. Like, I think you, you really have to hope you'd catch lightning in a bottle with either one of those guys coming here. Right, you have to hope what Spo usually does in bringing out the best of any player that comes in happens with a 36-year-old when we're talking about LaMarcus. And with DeRozan, I think uh, Spo can bring out the best of DeRozan. And I think chemistry matters. And from what I've seen online, uh, Jimmy and DeRozan are a pretty tight duo. They're pretty close with each other. So that should probably matter too. I would say DeRozan too. Although I could see Pat being more interested in somebody like LaMarcus because Pat's been in love with DeMarcus forever from what I've read. Yep. He, he, he got a meeting with him when he had zero cap space and he loves him. So I could just see just because Pat loves him, I could see him just getting him more over a DeMar DeRozan. But I, who knows? He actually, he actually told him to if he'd be willing to sign – for the MLE for one year, and if not, to go sign with the Spurs. I think that's how the story went when they went to dinner. Yeah, because he wasn't even giving many meetings to the Lakers. I remember that. Times have changed. Yes, sir, they have. <laughs> but I think one of the things, like, a lot of Heat fans talk about that, but I've also read an article that I don't think under Popovich, the Spurs have ever made an in-season trade. Is that so, yeah, that would yeah. be that would be something something been brand new for them. They've been pretty good. I can understand why they probably have it mostly in this tenure. Like they were pretty good at the whole at the whole drafting thing. But that's that's pretty wild. They've never done it. That's wild. Yeah, I would. I I gotta double check that. I'm, but I'm pretty sure you're right too. I've yeah, Popovich really. I I can't think of the top of my head anybody has been traded. Mid season, Kawhi was traded off season. Uh, so that, off season, yeah, it. yeah. No, and you know, I just think that's probably his competitive nature. And and right now, they're not playing too bad this year. I, I think they're eight and six or nine and six. Right. I think the Spurs team does just out. enough for Pop not to pull the trigger on any trade mid season. They do just enough. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, but then aside from DeRozan and Aldridge, I mean, I know there's other players as well. Is there anyone that you guys look at and be like, you know, I really hope some way, somehow we can get this guy in a heat uniform aside from like the big whales? I just think Jeremy Grant, but I, I know. He just signed the deal. Yeah, that's not happening. But he is, to me, he's like the perfect guy for yeah. us. Right. Perfect. I, I think like, if we weren't in on Giannis and – I think we probably would have made a play for somebody like Jeremy Grant. We're still trying time. to get Giannis. No, no, like uh, I'm, I'm talking about gonna... when free agency. Oh no, began yeah, that's that's been. We finished. were still in on the 2021 Giannis plan. And so back then, if we were not in on Giannis at that time, I probably would have seen the Heat maybe make a run as somebody like that. Wouldn't we have had to like trade a crap ton of players for Giannis or no? Well, the the Giannis thing is different. I mean, like, because since Bam did sign the extension, I think Hero would have had to be involved in the deal. But, I mean, it doesn't matter now, though. I mean, and either way, I feel like it would have, like, like... clashed because you know how Jimmy's, like, the big face of the Heat and how Giannis is also, like, a big face of a team. So if they were to, like, collide, I feel like it would cause, like, like, the chemistry between them wouldn't be too good. Same thing with Harden. Like, if Harden were to come to the Heat, then... There'd be two personalities on one team, and they'd both try to like fight for like the top spot, you know. So I feel like that wouldn't mix well with the players on the team. 
So how do you guys feel about? I mean, I think it could have worked. You how do you know? guys feel about Oladipo? <laughs> right, I was I was, I was getting there. Uh, I I really want Oladipo. I know we talk about Beal a lot. Oladipo, but eventually Oladipo is going to get tired of being the bridesmaid and never the bride when it comes to Miami. (laughs) He's probably going to get tired eventually because he's always our plan B. So eventually that love he has for Miami is going to go away. So I would just pull the trigger on uh, Oladipo if he becomes available before Bradley Beal. Oh, yeah, he'll be available. I think I don't think Houston he's in the long term plans there. Right. All, all the depot has to do is I don't probably plan on staying here long term. So if you want to try to get something for me, go ahead. Kelly Olenek and Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. Uh, Olenek, um, his contract. Olenek Nunn and a pick. <laughs> and a pick. <laughs> yeah. That old uh, Pawn Stars meme. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I saw this one Pawn Stars meme. It said, it said um, I forget what it was, but it's like, would you trade Tyler Hero for Prime Jordan? And then the Heat fans say the best we can give you is Duncan Robinson. But that's super popular. People love Tyler. Yeah, and it's really and no. I mean, nobody got <laughs> I mean, a louder pop than him I mean, last yeah, you, year. He is. They, they love him. He made they a big him. name for himself. And on and on Twitter to this point, Tyler he has a cult following. Like, following. I was, uh, I, I did this was a topic <laughs> on my radio show. It was just straight up like, is he untouchable? Like, even in the Giannis talks, and we did a poll and got like a, a huge response, and it was 50%. Like, yeah, he's untouchable. No one wants to, <laughs> nothing. Because I was, I was made very clear, like, untouchable is for nothing. You can give him up for not for, not for Giannis, not for, not for Anthony Davis. You're untouchable because Bans British are basically untouchable. They're not going to trade him for anybody. And to put Tyler at that same status where he's at right now is crazy. It's crazy. He's very good. And I love watching him play basketball. He is fun. And he is getting he's getting a lot better every time that he plays. Um, but he's you know, you still gotta realize with that age, like it's gonna come with some some ups and downs. And I just, you know, with Riley's age, with Jimmy's age, like I think of those two, and I think of the nights that they go through those those growing pains. And I just, I, I just can't imagine them. Even as much as they love him, uh, right. they're going to stick this whole thing out. And you see how, like, because even the heat, the way how they market him, like, you have people come out who say that Miami markets hero more than they hard, more than more than Jimmy. Um, Bam. I think. And, well, you know, it I was just—it was it. noticeable last year in the building. Like, it was there for every home game, and you start seeing like fourteen jerseys were all over the place. And when he was doing his thing, like he was—yeah, it was weird last year. You know, it was funny because I remember saying this on one, uh, one of my programs. Like, I remember going to uh, like Dick's Sporting Goods when they came out with the blue Vice Wave jerseys, and I remember being pissed. I was like, "Why? Why do I go to these the Dick's Sporting Goods and I see nothing but Dwayne Wade jerseys? Like, he's not on the team, and I love Dwayne Wade." Give, you know, I, I, you know, that's the man right there. But like, he's retired. Like, why are the only jerseys they're selling Dwayne Wade jerseys? And then by the middle of the year, you saw like the guy was Tyler. That's that's who everybody gravitated towards, and that's why his jerseys are shipping out first. Um, and he is, you know, he's the the guy who gets his own clothing line at the store and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's the guy right now as far as stars concerned. But uh, he, you know, he's probably the fourth best player on the team. I am guilty of purchasing the vice versa jersey, specifically nope. in Tyler Hero, because of the fact that it ships so fast, and I'm very impatient. So I had to grab right. a Tyler. Tyler's just the most marketable player on the team, probably in a combination of like how he plays. That is fun watching him play, and just his last name, Hero. Like that's fun. Like that's a fun. <laughs> that's guy. fun. He's got cool nickname, Baby Goat. Or, you know, right? The whole thing. <laughs> I wonder. He's marketable. He's like. He's like Tua is for the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if you guys I was going to compare him to Tua before because like, like how are we saying? Because of the jersey sales, you know, like in Miami, with the Dolphins, you have the – everybody's buying a Tua jersey. Nobody's buying No, a, everyone's buying Xavier Howard. I was looking for an Xavier Howard jersey. They're sold out everywhere, at least where I looked. But. Right. So Tyler is just that mark. Like, it's, it's crazy, and – he sells more jerseys than Jimmy does, and that and Jimmy just came off two triple doubles in the finals. 
He, you know, he's the only player in NBA history to outscore, out rebound, or out whatever LeBron in a finals game. Yeah, and he's still not the most marketable player on the team. That's exactly. crazy. And he's the well, third I mean, I, player ever too. I think I think credit to Hero. I mean, what he did as a rookie is phenomenal. His last year, how he, you know, Heat in five, you know. Celtics, we beat him in six. Hero had 37 points in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, those are things that you don't really hear from a rookie. You know, he played in the finals his rookie year. So, and it's crazy too because there's a picture of him when he was little wearing a LeBron Heat jersey and just thinking that he's playing him in the NBA Finals, however many years later. Like, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, Tyler has a bunch of accolades just from his first year. And, like, he. He was the youngest player to start in the finals. He, mm-hmm. he dropped 37 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, we hear that a lot. So, he has a bunch of accolades in for just having one year under his belt. And he's the, um, I think, the youngest player in Heat history, or the only player in Heat history to score 30 points before their 21st birthday. And he's done it four times. I don't know his 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 rookie postseason run like it's blasphemous to say, but like you can put it on par with Dwayne Wade's rookie postseason run, and that's that's yeah. where we all fell in love with Dwayne, the game winner against the Hornets, uh, you know the great showing out against the Pacers, but you know he was you know, he, you know Tyler gave you thirty seven in the Eastern Conference Finals game, like it was uh it, it it's it, it it's 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 very impressive what he's doing. It's just that. He has, you know, he talked a lot this year. Uh, he's spoken about, you know, he wanted to be a starter this year. That was a goal of his. You know, he idolizes Devin Booker, the guy. And, uh, you know, he's trying to uh, he's trying to do this thing where, like, he's becoming the starter. They want him to facilitate a little bit more. But you can tell he's not quite comfortable all in that role yet. So, I don't know. I don't know. There's still a lot of growing to do there. But he is he is fun. Yeah, he's a fun player, and you can see why 50% of the fan base deems him untouchable. Like, and then the other 50%, the only reason they want to get rid of him, not get rid of him, but trade him for a star, is because of that timeline. Because I don't think this 21-year-old rookie, I mean, not rookie anymore, second-year player, fits in a timeline with 36-year-old Drogic and 30-something-year-old Jimmy and 70-something-year-old Pat. just the timelines don't fit, and that's probably the reason why mm-hmm. half the Heat Nation wants to trade him for a star, like, right away. Right. No, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's like, we'll see what Pat does. I mean, you always feel like, as a, as a fan base, we always feel like we know what Pat Riley is going to do, but the truth is we don't. And although we question it, you know, it all makes sense later on. So with that being said, you know, I feel like we've hit on a lot. Right. Tonight. I have a, I have a quick question for Tobin. Tobin, would you make, would you be more reluctant to trade Duncan for Bradley Beal if he had a neck tattoo? Would I be more reluctant if he had a neck tattoo? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. I, I like the Photoshop they put out uh, of his podcast. Uh, they put him with the flamethrower tattoo. I think that'd be a great tattoo for him. Flame. He embraces that. He embraces that. He posts it himself. Flames on the right arm. That's it. That or flames on the left arm because he won't touch. He, he won't touch his shooting arm with this tattoo. I think that's great. I saw Duncan Robinson post on his Instagram of a photo of himself with the Photoshop sleeve. What do you guys think of that? Well, with the JJ Reddick sleeve. I think it's the good. I think he should. I think it's a, it, it, he, I think it's. I think it's a good look for him. Mm-hmm. He needs some. He yeah. needs. He, he's a guy like he's so. He just, he, I like, saw. I saw Barstool. Um, Barstool Sports posted thing saying he had a punchable face. I was like, don't disrespect Jimmy Neutron like that, man. It was funny. But... If anything, Tyler Hero's got a more punchable face than. Dude, than he Duncan. looks like an owl. It was so right. funny. My dad never joking was... about it. Like, how does an owl like hurt its neck if it can twist it like almost a full like three sixty? It was funny. Like we were if cracking. I, if I was playing again, if I if Tyler Hero was not on my team, I would hate him so much. <laughs> Tyler Hero's on my fantasy. I would despise him. And the same thing <laughs> with like snarl... this probably happens with Kelly Olynyk, right? When people on the other team looks at him going off, they hate him. Like he. He's a hated figure in Washington, so I don't know how he would be involved in a in a Bradley Beal trade because 
The fans in Washington hate Kelly Olynyk. I know plenty of he hate he plays. He sent them home. Fans that hate Kelly Olynyk. I will admit Kelly Olynyk gets on my nerves a lot, but there's some of his games where he just, like I said, he's inconsistent. Like he'll drop twenty one game and then be inconsistent the next. It's like it's frustrating. I mean, the thing is, because I know Kelly Olynyk. I mean, he has to be hated in um, Cleveland too. Because, you know, everyone talks about how it's because of him that um, Kevin Love was yep. out for that 2015 uh, final. Broke his arm. Yes. That... Brock Lesnar style. <laughs> <laughs> and then you obviously then... I mean, I never thought of Hero having <laughs> a punchable face until he did the snarl. Like, oh my gosh. And people then you got people, oh, I didn't Chris. people actually do that or did that. Like, why? I would. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that one dude. It was like all over Twitter. He had it like tattooed like on the side. No, I think on like one. Yeah, I think on like the no, left I'm a diehard Heat chest, fan, but he not that diehard. You know, like I'd never get that tattooed on my body or anything of that sort tattooed on my body. Yeah, we just have all the apparently that he have all the white people that people would like to punch in the face. I've seen so many tweets saying that Duncan, um, what is it? Duncan Robinson is a white Tyler hero or something like that. It was like <laughs> along that along those lines, but yeah, I, I get what you. Boston is just jealous of all the great white players we have. Let's be honest. Oh, Linick Robinson. I mean, Hero. we got it. Yeah, Leonard. They, they think they got something there with with, uh, with Pritchard. The intangibles. Oh, oh my God, Pritchard! They, he's got to be a god there. Like he's got to be the most popular yeah. since Nomar. Could, could you imagine the Boston reaction after that tip in by <laughs> oh, Pritchard against the Heat? And I, I don't even. I, 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 we like. I like doing that during. Uh, I like. I like turning into tuning into WEI during my radio show to hear them when they're miserable. I wouldn't want to tune in that day. I would, they, they, they probably were just like beside themselves. Awful man, that fan base is something else. No, the worst. Next to the Knicks fan base, of course. Right, my top three worst fan bases to deal with: the Knicks, the <laughs> Celtics, and the Sixers. Awful fan base. Oh my gosh, bro, Philadelphia, dude, the Ref and the Carry. I'm sorry, I had to bring that, that up. I, the, we didn't lose to the Sixers; we lost to the Refs. That's what I have to say about that game. We lost. Joel Embiid carried loss. the ball, and they never called it. Don't worry, Ange. It's, it's really not a true loss. Not I always end, <laughs> you know, well, exactly. I, I end every argument with the Sixers fans. Like, I mean, what have you guys won? That's it. Like, <laughs> it's over. I think last time they won a championship, Julius Irving was their best player. They, so they. Because yeah, the loss was annoying, but like the fans' reaction to it, you could have sworn they just advanced. To the he finals. had won three so championships since the last time the Sixers made it to the finals. <laughs> well, the thing that made it the best was like they found it insulting that Jimmy Butler would leave <laughs> Philly for Miami. Like, how dare you? Exactly. How dare you leave us? You're not. I remember seeing. There. Stephen <laughs> a. Have fun with he was like, games. they'll never love. They'll never love you in Miami like they love you here. Have fun adjusting yeah. to the culture down there, whatever. It was so stupid. Elton Brand thought that Al Horford next to Joel Embiid was going to work. That was Yeah, they thought the combination of Tobias Harris and Al Horford was better than Jimmy Butler. <clears throat> that ended well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I do feel like we did hit on a lot tonight. So, are we ready to call this a podcast, or is there um, anything else you guys feel like we should I'm talk good, about? Man. I yeah. think it was a very productive day for us. I had fun. That was my first podcast. That was that was really fun. I'm excited. Matter of fact, uh, Tobin, I want to thank you for for answering my DMs and coming on. It was your it was awesome having you here. Uh, thank you for the invite. If I could do a quick plug on the podcast, yeah, thank you, man. We just announced uh, this week we're going to be broadcasting our radio show. We're still on Seven Night Ticket Podcast. Everywhere is the same place, but we did just add uh, a Twitch channel, and we will be broadcasting the show live on Twitch every single weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. So people can watch now all four hours, and we've been getting a lot of requests for that. So 
we launched that. So if people want to follow the show at 790 the ticket, 790 the ticket on Twitch, it'll be there for you. And if you don't get up at 6 a.m., every every show's up there on demand to watch. Yeah, I always that's awesome. I always make sure to catch your podcast while I'm doing my work yeah. later on in the day. All right. So with that being said, and like I said, you know, when we were talking about, you know, trades and all that, I know, you know, we always got to trust the Godfather. So before we close this episode out, I want to do this with you, Tobin, real quick, because I love it whenever you do it with Leroy. So one second. Not my man. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, I guess this is how we're gonna copyright. Copyright. Right. <laughs> <Copyright. laughs> this is copyright. <laughs> so, anyways, with that being said, uh, thank you to Mr. Tobin for appearing on the podcast. And thank you all for listening. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of the Heat vs. the World pod. And we'll see you later.